Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Today is the Age of Sigmar Stat Center for Monday, the 26th of whatever the hell month it is. Thanks, lockdown. Today, of course, first thing to point out, there is no Owen. So all of the Owen fans, um, I'm afraid he's at work. But work really, and most people don't know this, is actually setting up his own jacuzzi live stream. There's a lot there's a lot of chat been behind the scenes in the Honest Wargamer kind of like uh, admin chat. We've been talking about what, how best really to monetize Owen. And truthfully, putting him in a hot tub was probably the real answer. Uh, so yeah, no in Jackson. Thanks, <laughs> MJ. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. He'll be back next week, I promise. Inflatable banana and the whole thing. Uh, Bobbin, thanks for being my fan. So hello everyone, welcome to the Stat Center today. Stat Center also uh, having a difficult time because unlike uh, unlike uh, the uh, 40k boys who've had a very uh, long weekend, we haven't had any Age of Sigmar events at all. <sighs> I know. Uh, so, uh, but there are some coming up and we discussed that last week. So today I was going to go through the stats that we've been putting together, if you guys are interested. And we're going to, I know, right? Stats on the Stat Center? How dare we? So a big shout out to my Stats Infill team. Um, their stats info manager and also uh, to our stats producer uh, you're all the best um, so thanks for doing that uh, we haven't managed to get enough of the stats in yet like we haven't done all of the events in the 2020 calendar but we are working on that uh, at the moment so hopefully by next week maybe the week after we'll have all of the tournament results in and so this will make more sense but this will be this will be a nice kind of like fun start to look at how some of these numbers look and then and then we'll uh, we'll see how they kind of bottom out uh, over the next week or so as we put more information in. Uh, did Owen give you his show notes? No, he did not. <laughs> I just did it on my own. <laughs> yeah, big shout-outs to Cabbage and Ziggy, of course. Uh, Matt, intern Matt, Joe, Pete. Uh, there's a bunch of people. Sorry again, James. Uh, loads of people have been doing uh, some input on this. Tom Dix, thanks for resubscribing. Thank you to Donal for resubscribing. Uh, right, so let's look at some of this information here uh, on on this particular uh, uh, like screen as you guys can see so the Age of Sigmar meta overview uh, as you can see there Car I did that deep kin on that 72% win rate that's going to come down as we put more stats in there um, uh, because there are like so eventually we're going to be able to for instance break this down into the different nations so Australia as you can see Daughters of Cain got a win one win rate 100% uh, win rate on Daughters of Cain but that's just because there's one tournament from Australia so we're going to get these out um and and changed up but as you can see like this is uh the fact that we can do it by via region i think is going to be very interesting as time goes on and then obviously this was a two-dayer uh so really looking forward to doing the stat center stuff on this later but when we go international and then we break it down into either one or two days i think we've only got one two-dayer in here as you can see uh but that changes up some of this information as well like ko did particularly well at that event as well as magikin and nurgle but then we go back to one dayers uh and that deepkin a win percentage drops down, which I think is quite fun. Uh, oh, uh, so yeah, is Rob getting the? <laughs> Not yet, buddy. Not yet. Jim, Jimmy Conius, thanks very much. So again, uh, some of this stuff uh, is very open to interpretation at the minute because I don't think we've got the correct amount of data sets. And Rambo Squirrel, uh, thank you very much uh, for. Um, uh, thank you very much for resubscribing. Age of Six Masters, will this info be public? We're right now. It's public right now. <laughs> We're right here. <laughs> if that helps, <laughs> it's on the screen. There you go. View. Uh, if you're asking, will we just give you like 
dozens of man hours uh, in spreadsheets. No, obviously not. Like, why? Why would I do that? Um, but yeah, here we go. Uh, it's really, really fun. And then you can obviously see by rounds as well. So if it's three rounds or one rounds or whatever, or six rounds. So we can start to see how some of this changes up, which I think is generally quite interesting because, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's cool. I think, oh, I don't know how to go back to all of the data. Damn it. Anyway, where's my all option? I've lost my all option, lads. Okay. <laughs> right, let's talk about this because this is really fun. So this is our faction review which I think is a really fun screen. Again, shout, shout out to Ziggy uh, for like being able to kind of like deep dive. So someone shout out a faction they want us to deep dive and we'll start to look at some of that information. As we get more events, this is going to become very, very relevant and I love looking at this. So you've got Beast of Chaos in this particular one and we look at uh, Ogres. All right, Donal. Okay, uh, let's go do Ogre More Tribes here. Uh, so let's go grab that. So as you can see, um, they played 31 matches in this out of our five or six events data set. They've got a 42% win rate, which is pretty simple. Um, but then when we start to really break it down, we can see who they're, who they're up against and who they perform well against. Uh, so uh, they, uh, they, play, they, 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 they draw against Blades of Corn, Cities of Sigmar. Uh, some of these are pretty polarized results because we've only got so many. Stormcast Eternals, uh, they've got a full win rate against Stormcast Eternals. Lumineth. Uh, they like they win 67% of their games. Hey, hey, Pask, what up? Uh, let's go on. What's all this rubbish? We don't have data for AOS. Well, we need more data, like team. We should get this for next week. But what's cool is, is when we're looking at Ogre More Tribes here, as you can see, they played Disciples of Zinch four times. They've won zero times in this particular data set at the moment. But then if we break it down and we go into Winterbite, for example, um, uh, there's only one Winterbite player who's been through this process but they've got a 67% win rate uh, in this particular matchup so big shout out to Stuart but again losing to Deepkin and Lumineth Realm Lords uh, is an interesting take if we go over to Boulderhead it'll be the most popular one I imagine here uh, Boulderhead actually have a lower win rate so they only have a 36% win rate so that winter bite win percentage was bringing them up in that particular setting uh, although they smashed Hedonites and they smashed Seraphon um, where is all this day did you get my data <laughs> I will, we, Pask, we will. Pask, if you want to help input the data, let us know. Anyone who wants to help input data, please get in contact with us. The more people doing it, the better it would work. Uh, I know it would work, but you might get something out of reviewing parts of the game. Factions are strong. Iron Jaws, good early, etc. And then you might spot a pattern for the meta. Rambo Squirrel, appreciate you. Uh, that's actually one of the things that we've got on our input sheet. But it really depends on how much information is collected by TOs. That's actually the major problem at the minute. So me, Ziggy... Um, are working on a process of making it so it's easier for TOs to be able to track data so that we can have more data at the end. Uh, it's a bit of a pie-in-the-sky dream, but if people don't want to do it, then that's fine. Uh, let's go look at one of the big bads, shall we? Let's go look at Zinch. Uh, I think that's uh, important to go do. So if we go and look at Zinch, uh, and thanks to Lord Limpet for resubscribing, uh, let's go look at um, Disciples of Zinch, is what they're called. There we go. Uh, so we've got 86 matches out of these, and they've got that 57% win rate. Um, they do very well into Beast of Chaos, as you can see there. They played against themselves the most, and obviously that's a draw. Uh, they played against Lumineth Realm Lords. Now, that's an interesting stat. So, as you can see, they played Lumineth Realm Lords nine times, and they have a 90% win rate against Realm Lords. I think that that's fascinating. I think that matchup going uh, far more in favor to, to Zinch is really key there. Uh, hey, Jace Harper, what's going on? Uh, Lord Olympic, thanks for resubscribing. Yeah, 89%. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Again, these numbers, as we get more events plugged into this, these numbers will 
not be quite as extreme in some cases. So that's something to be aware of. But an interesting take is the Stormcast Eternals build, or Stormcast Eternals, they've only won one out of the three games versus Stormcast. A lot of the conversation around Stormcast is that they suffer a lot to mortal wounds. I don't want to tell you. Like, like them shoot casts being able to pop out um, uh, those big birds at the back of the board. Really, yeah, really, really good. I love that. That's that's pretty interesting. But let's go look at the sub-faction breakdown because I think that's really fun. So if we just talk about Guild of Summoners, I think there's only one player who's done Guild of Summoners. Oh, we're turning these off. Um, so if we just look at Guild of Summoners here, as you can see, um, they didn't do particularly well. So that's a 33% win rate. So they're kind of bringing everyone down. But if we go up, if we go to Host Duplicitous, this is the important one. Uh, so they've only got a 50% win rate. Um, in Again, not enough data here. Sorry, lads. Like I would like there to be more. We could do probably a better analysis next week. But it's uh, it's fun and it's interesting to look at. And I'd like to know what you guys want us to show in the future. Uh, I think that'd be good. Oh, multiple sections. I haven't done that. No, I want to select all. Right, okay. I want to just choose Host Arcanum is what I want to show. There we go. So Host Arcanum have got 30%, uh, 37 matches played here, but they've got a 60% win rate. So they're doing very well. Into Flesh Eater Courts, win all their matches. Beast of Chaos, Big War, Blades of Corn. Into Lumineth, again, 83% win rate. Um, doing very well into KO as well. Uh, as you can see, into Seraphon, it gets closer. It's into the 60% win rate. So they've played them the most in this situation. And it's just brought down. Um, you would need to decide where each faction fell, though. It could be, could be a shame. I appreciate that, Rumble Squirrel. Uh, but then if we look at the different uh, battalions that you could potentially play, uh, Omniscient Oracles, uh, <laughs> for some reason, or Aether, Eater Host. I don't know why that's in there. Uh, <laughs> right, let's go look at Pyrophane Cult showing up at all. Pyrophane Cult is not been showing up, I don't think. Uh, let's go have a look. So if we select all the, select all the sub-factions, and then, no, not yet. There will be... We just haven't filled it all in. I don't, fuck, I'm bored of myself saying it at that point. When there is, there'll be more. So this kind of grand overview is is very interesting. I think here, Disciples of Zinch, again, uh, doing really well into Flesh Eat Courts, doing really well into Lumineth, doing really well into Slaves of Darkness. I think that's kind of some really big takeaways, and I really like that. Let's look at Seraphon. They're kind of one of the... Oh, uh, do you know what? Let's look at Deepkin. I know Deepkin. Let's go find those guys. So Deepkin here. Uh, as you can see, they're on that 72% win rate. Uh, and who they do well into or who they don't do well into, I think, is really interesting. Apparently, don't do well into Slaves to Darkness. And I think that that's going to be uh, that uh, Plague Touch Warband build. Uh, so because uh, most of the damage coming out of Deepkin comes from close combat, they don't have loads of wounds in their army. And any mortal wounds that they receive in return is pretty negative. And I think pushing into Slaves to Darkness, I think, is actually um, a tough situation for them, I would argue. Uh, uh, you should date stamp all data points. So we're only going to review uh, the the tournament information between GHBs, if that helps you out, age six mark. Uh, so it's only going to be that. Um, and then play. Uh, so that's who they've played at the moment, and they played Cities of Sigmar the most. So this is Deepkin again, and again they beat Cities of Sigmar seventy five percent. They seem to have a problem against KO, but that's only a single match. So more on that. Into Seraphon though, this is like interesting. So they played Seraphon the most, nearly a 70% win rate, 67% into Seraphon, which I think is an interesting take. I think it's the fact that you can keep stuff off the board and then you can push stuff in. Uh, you can also outrange them a little bit and you can trade quite nicely, but it's 
predominantly going to be focused around flying eels. That's going to be the thing, uh, I think. Um, so Deepkin, really interesting. Um, and then uh, if we want to break down who who's done well, uh, <laughs> it's all about... Oh, no, that's that's the data set's wrong there, so I'll just sort that out. Don't worry. It's a glitch we can fix. Uh, so Daughters of Cain, uh, only 28 matches. Some of this, unfortunately, is pre the book. So uh, that's something to talk about. 64% here. Doing really well into Disciples of Zinch. Got a 70% win rate there. Um, but not doing well into Seraphon. 33% into Seraphon. So uh, not really bringing it out. And then let's go look at KO. There's quite a few KO matches in here. So when we look at KO and who they play well into, they play uh, well into Disciples of Zinch. Uh, so out of those eight matches that we've got tracked, they've got 63% win rate, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, and then, um, yeah. That, that's that's probably the most interesting day because everything else is polarized as ones and twos. Um, the Colorado, they aren't beating them. If you look, they've only played one match. It's just because we're only looking at five data sets. When we look at more data sets, it'll be far more interesting, okay? Um, if that helps you out. But they're doing well against everyone in this particular data set. <laughs> but we could definitely change that. Let's look at the difference between Barrack Thring, though. Yeah, 56% win rate for Barrack Thring. But then if we go on and just look at Zifflin, 71. Zifflin doing doing all the work, these poor Zifflin kids. Um, so they're smashing it out. Uh, and then let's go look at, who else is going to be a load of data for? Safe Darkness? Uh, probably. Normally there is, yeah. Uh, so it's sat on a 50% win rate, Safe Darkness, with 35 matches played. Now, if we can add the Battalion in. So let's see if just doing Play Touch Warbrand brings up the win rate for this army 67 percent so that's what's that's what's carrying this army that's what's really fun here um because you can select all the battalions but again flat 49 percent win rate like if you just take the whole uh, allegiance of saves the darkness in play touch warband 67 percent win rate yeah i think that's kind of a, a key takeaway uh, from this particular like army and i think really fun to look at if i'm honest because it's that battalion that really makes this whole army really really good yeah uh check knights of the empty throne okay so sub faction so we're going to turn them all off and we're just going to click knights of the empty throne for pask again 67 percent win rate um there so yeah that they, they again knights of the empty throne have taken them up uh let's look at ravagers as a sub faction compared uh zero percent win rate <laughs> despoilers uh 50% win rate um so that's what's bringing them down uh host of the ever chosen 100% win rate apparently uh but again we need more we need to put more information in here i don't need to say any more uh, uh <laughs> thanks shelf loaded i agree with all of that that's fun uh, anyone any other things we want to look at before we move on to the next section let's uh, i think this is fine so the head-to-heads, I think, are a very interesting kind of matchup. So let's go pick some of the bigger armies that we've got more data sets on. So let's go pick Seraphon and um, Disciples of Zeech uh, here. So let's look at these different data sets. Um, oh, they've only played eight matches. But in this particular eight matches, uh, they've won all of their matches in Knife to the Heart. That's one of the kind of like really big takeaways. I think from this is how not only do they perform, but how they perform in battle plans and against each other. Um, 
<laughs> Donaldinho, the answer is both, if that helps. Uh, how long before I can plug in a tournament army list and it will tell me what my win losses will be without having to play? Stonehill, I don't think that's ever the case. I don't think the idea that that's possible, I don't think that's the case. I think what's the most data that we ended up with, even when we were doing, um, uh, when uh, we were having, there were a lot of tournaments and me and uh, LLV were just doing only the most relevant current data. Your games weren't a foregone conclusion. It's just being prepared. It's like getting a, a reel in a sports match from the opposing team. What you're really doing is you're going, right, I struggle in Knife to the Heart. I'm Seraphon. I'm going to win against Disciples of Zinch in Knife to the Heart, or I should. Disciples of Zinch have to ask themselves, how do they play Knife to the Heart really well? What's their process? I think that's one of the things. Um... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I would say that uh, it's interesting that Scorched Earth and Knife to the Heart both uh, play really well for Seraphon. It makes loads of sense because normally the Disciples of Zinch are like they're either running that Host Arcana build or they're running that Chain Chose build. When they're running those, the Chain Chose wants to play as little castle and then the Host Arcana build doesn't really have enough bodies to play Scorched Earth, which is the eight objectives particularly well. So and Knife to the Heart, they're both castling bunkers but the Seraphon can just kind of throw more threats, I think, forward, um, and then they can also uh, defend against both the Archeon build and some teleported flamers. So I think uh, it makes sense why we see this particular matchup. Um, so yeah, uh, have you used this data to inform tournament packs? Surely you want more balanced battle plans towards the end of the tournament. Borneo Manchild, again, once we get these all filled in, yes, that would be something that would be really cool to do later. Uh, but again, it, it takes a while for the guys to process all of this stuff. Um, uh, if you remove the opponent faction, oh, oh nice. Okay, I will move it. There we go. Oh, thanks very much, Ziggs. Uh, right, so as you can see here, what we're looking at is Seraphon and where they do best in all of their battle plans. So on that 59% win rate at the minute, that tournament data will change as we put more information in. Um, but as you can see here, um, they do very, very well in Border War as time goes on, and they do badly in Blade's Edge. Let's talk about why that's the case. Blade's Edge is all about who goes first. It's it's can you deploy on the line first, pretty much all the time. And Seraphon don't have access to one drops. It's not what they do. Um, uh, it seems to me that you already have NAs. Uh, uh, is that good? <laughs> good. I'm glad Rafael Scroll. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, so Blades Edge being the one that they don't do well on 33%, and then Border War being the one they do particularly well, and Scorched Earth. So for Seraphon, the four top battle plans are Border War, Scorched Earth, Total Commitment, and Force in the Hand. All of which makes loads and loads of sense. And then they fall off on focal points, which is all centered around all the objectives being in the middle, because they don't like it when you attack their um, their castle. Shifting objectives is really tough for them as well, as is Battle for the Pass. But don't forget, they're still on 50% win rates for focal points to shifting objectives. Um, but Battle for the Pass is hard because they can't protect their back line. So normally, Croak and their kind of defensive block is deployed deeper into, because it's the uh, spread across the board deployment. So it's really hard for them. And Blade's Edge, they don't have low drops, so that's why they do badly here. Uh, however, our Ambiguous Pair, thanks for gifting a gift subscription in the chat. That's very much appreciated. Um... Uh, I think one of the interesting things is if we look at, I don't think we're going to have them. Let's look at Ogre Moor tribes and see how this changes up significantly. So for Ogre Moor tribes, shifting objectives uh, where they all just get to hit in the middle is really good. Battle for the pass, they're doing really well as well. 
um, and Knife to the Heart and Total Conquest. And oh, they haven't played Focal Points in our data set yet because they would smash in, in Focal Points. Whereas OCRs, let's look at their data set. So um, they don't do particularly well in Focal Points at all. But again, Battle for the Past, they're really good at. Blade's Edge, because they've normally got a low drop, is really good for them as well. Um, and uh, Total Commitment, Total Commitment as well. Which I think is good. Anyone uh, got any uh, that we want to look at so far? This is my first time going through all this live with you guys. So hopefully this will neaten up as time goes on. And see what you think. Let's look at Lumineth. Because I think we have quite a few Lumineth results. And see where they do well. Uh, so not doing particularly well all overall. 42% uh, win rate. Uh, shifting objectives is where they generally do quite well. And again, because most of the builds... Most of the builds we're seeing are Teclian builds, so they're built as a castle around Teclis, and they kind of fight as one contained unit. So shifting objectives, which is three objectives based around the center of the board, makes sense. Blade Edge is similar. Battle for the Pass is similar. That's where they all do well. And then ones where they start to fall off is where everything is broken apart. Focal points being the swing one, I guess. Um, and then forcing the hand, knife to the heart, they do badly at. Border war, they do worse at. So I think that's, that's very interesting. Um... Uh, thanks, Redwoods. But this is mainly a team of people who put it together. I'm just the I'm just the voice and the front bit. Uh, so shout out to the team. Uh, who did uh, people ask for? Safe to Darkness. Um, Total Commitment doing really well in Total Commitment. Total Conquest uh, doing well as well. Uh, shifting objectives, they got a 67% win rate and forcing the hand. But event, uh, sorry, battle plans that they struggle on focal points and also knife to the heart again because they can't really project power very early. Uh, I would argue in those particular ones. Everyone loves the, the front bit. <laughs> no problem, Forks Art. Hope you're well. Uh, now let's have a look at Blades of Corn. If we've got a lot of data for them, we have. Uh, let's, well, let's talk about one of the armies that's more polarizing, I think, actually, uh, in Fire Slayers. So Fire Slayers are, are a really interesting army in the way that they play. Normally, it's Hermdar, Lords of the Lodge. That's the way we see them played. Now, Border War and Blades Edge make uh, a lot of sense for them being particularly good because they're able to um, uh, like deploy first, get up on all the objectives, and they're incredibly tough to shift. Battle for the Pass and Total Conquest are fairly similar, because they can kind of flood the board in some ways. But Focal Points, Scorched Earth, they start to fall down. Uh, Scorched Earth is actually quite surprising. I would have thought Scorched Earth would, would have been one of the weaker battle plans for Fire Slayer, so I'm actually quite surprised by that. With Knife to the Heart... Uh, being the hardest one, and that makes sense. Knife to the Heart is the two singular objectives, one in your deployment, one of your opponents, set um, diagonally opposed to each other. And it's really hard for them to defend their objective and also grab the opponent's objective. Um, uh, can we see Gits versus OBR? If I have enough Gits data, then sure. Let's go have a look, shall we? Gits? Uh, no, we don't have enough data. Sorry about that. <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna have to, you're gonna just have to games work shut that up for the minute. I think. Um, uh, finish all the data entry. AOS three drops. Well, one of the main focuses for the stats team, if you guys are interested, is that uh, understanding how to do these data sets, how to get these sheets filled in, and also how to put these out there, is so that when AOS three comes out, but more importantly, when loads of events come up. We should be able to start put processing these and having some really good conversations on the Monday with Owen. Because we want Owen to know, like chat about this stuff, don't we? So that's going to be fun. Um, if you say 0%, it does actually mean they have played that battle plan and lost the matches. That bit works. Oh, of course. Okay, so Heat Knights, for instance, uh, they've lost Blade's Edge and Total Commitment. They do terribly there. That's a good shout. Um, okay, and what is the other one? Uh, Seraphon. Have we looked at Seraphon? 
we have. Uh, yeah, they they can at least try and put some results in on everything. Stormcast with their one drops and their shooting. Uh, wow, they've played a lot of games. 46% win rate, and they're doing really well in Border War, Blade's Edge, and Total Commitment. They struggle in shifting objectives, forcing the hand of focal points. That's fascinating. I wonder if it's because they play badly into like mid-tier Disciples of Zinch. Let's go find out. Uh, oh, yeah, they've done well into Zinch. Look at that. Uh, they've done well on Scorched Earth and Total Commitment. That's really interesting. And then Lost on Total Con Conquest. I like that. Um, I like that a lot. Let's see who else they've played well into. Blades of Corn? I imagine they've played well into that. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to know what shooting does into a corn army, you need only look at the screen for the moment. That's <laughs> let's, let's go see how disciples of each have done it to corn as well, because that's uh, that's the other play here. <laughs> These poor bastards. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Oh, we won't do this. Let's look how KO have done into them. Let's see KO, KO. <laughs> So 100% win rate. <laughs> uh, it's only one match though, so we need more data. So like, don't, don't, don't get like that. That's not my fault. Seraphon, Seraphon must. <laughs> oh wait, they lost. Seraphon lost to Blades of Corn uh, on Blades Edge of all things. Well, oh, because Blades of Corn went first, dropped on one of the objectives, and it was game over. Um, Ogres versus Lumineth. Okay, let's go see how we can do here. So Ogres, Bush, Lumineth, Realm Lords, Bush. Uh, there we go. Um, so uh, Ogres are doing uh, well into Lumineth, as we can see there. Um, and they do best on Knife to the Heart on Scorched Earth. Uh, but Focal Points, for some reason, is where, Lum is where, uh, is where Ogre More Tribes lost. That should be the one they win on. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, uh, there we go. Have you, enjoy have you considered joining the glorious Meat Watch team? No, they can't afford me. Uh, and I am cheap. I want everyone to know, like, I'm really cheap. They can't afford me. Nurgle. There should be loads of Nurgle results. Okay, let's just see Nurgle playing to no one. Let's go see. Um, Nurgle is interesting. There we go. Shifting objectives. There's 45 Blight King builds doing very well in shifting objectives. And then struggling like fuck on Knife to the Heart. Slowly walking across the board, trying their hardest. Is so funny. Um... This will get so good as uh, more data gets inputted. It will, and hopefully, uh, yeah, yeah, it will. It will. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be really fun uh, to deep dive this stuff going forward. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, can we see the Tomb King results? I'm afraid not, Dave Fraser. I'm not. But let's just talk about Maggot King and Nurgle at the minute. Uh, shifting objectives, really good. Total commitment, really good. In fact, actually, let's just go look. Let's go back at Nurgle and look at their main their main drop downs anyway. So Maggot King and Nurgle. Um, and let's go see how they look as an army. This, by the way, is also super live, which is really good. So when, because as you guys may have seen online, we've announced the Super Series is returning. Also running our own events, which is going to be really fun. More on that information in the future. And then also uh, when we go and do uh, event coverage at major events, you know, with hundreds of people, like it, it's a real quick button to bring this up on the screen for the commentators so they can kind of like have conversations really quickly. Team events, it'll be really fun. For instance, if you just click Gloomspike Gits, uh, here, you can see that Maggotkin and Nurgle beat them all of the time. Comes up on the screen, looks super fancy. 11 out of 10 uh, work there for the for the gang. Um, so yeah, really, really nice. Off it off. Nice. But Maggotkin and Nurgle, Maggotkin of Nurgle, should be mainly blessed sons, uh, although there'll be some magnificent warriors. 61% win rate 
uh, with just blessed sons. And then when you throw in Munificent Wanderers, they're what bring it down. 44% win rate with uh, Munificent Warriors. Uh, am I saying that right? I think so. But then the uh, the kind of key takeaway here is when they're running Blightsist. So let's just see Nurgle in Blightsist. 54% win rate. 54% win rate. Um, and then, uh, yeah. But Nurgle's Menagerie has uh, got a 67% win rate at one event, apparently. <laughs> And then Thricefold Befoulement, this is kind of the interesting one. Look at those numbers, right? Thricefold Befoulement have got a 67% win rate. They played six matches. So that's a really good build. 30 Plague Bearers, 2 times 10 Plague Bearers, 3 great and clean ones in the Thricefold Befoulement Battalion. Obviously, if rumors are true and we get the battalions gone, that means that that's going to drop as a as a win rate and also as a, as a build here. Um um after and before faq thanks nacho i'll try and put that in uh hey something the great uh sons of behemoth have results do they let's go find out hold on sons of behemoth. 52% win rate according to this uh, with quite a few matches played which i think is quite interesting uh let's see which sub factions generally doing better because uh, there's a big chat about this so take a tribe the one that's kind of tipped for being uh the meta play 47% win rate uh, and then the Breaker Tribe, which is looking like more popular, the 55% win rate. So they're bringing it up in that particular situation. And then Stomper Tribe, 60% win rate. Uh, they played well into Disciples of Zinch uh, and well into Skaven, which I think is interesting. Going back to Taker Tribe, the one that everyone talks about most. And as you can see here, uh, the one that's played the most, uh, really fucking struggling into Deepkin, Fire Slayers, Flesh Eater Courts, and Seraphon. They haven't won a single game against them. Uh, and then do okay into Stormcast Eternals, Skaven, uh, they generally beat uh, most of the time, and well into Blades of Quantum Cities of Sigmar. Um, uh, that's way lower. Okay, uh, well, Tank, we just, don't worry, we're just going to fill all the information in at some point. Um, we can set it up so that filters stick between pages. This is only, okay. I've always said take it isn't the one, the regular mighty rules are strong enough, says Colonel Cabbage. Very interesting. What's everyone take on this? Uh, Stomper or Taker, because Taker seems to be doing quite badly, and it looks like Stomper and also Breaker seem to be uh, the the more successful, uh, <laughs> the more successful of the tribes. I think that's Stomper all the way. Okay, Triple Breaker for me. Breaker tribe is the way. Breaker, look at that. Look at that. That's lit the chat up. Everyone's happy with that. Skaven. Uh, we've got. Uh, we've. They've got in this particular data set. 27% win rate, which is not very positive at all. Obviously, they don't have any sub-factions, um, so they're, they're struggling. Uh, this is interesting for me as a Skaven player. I just delete sister, uh, Sons of Behemoth. Yeah, the, again, we'll, I think that if this levels out eventually, it'll be more interesting. Cities of Sigmar are a weird one. Cities of Sigmar are a super weird one. So they're quite well played in this small data set. 44 matches with a 41% win rate. But if you start being if you start looking through them all, Anvil Guard, uh, let's just dislike some of this. Uh, so 41% win Anvil Guard, not doing well at all. <laughs> um, uh, Hammer Hall, uh, got a 50% win rate. Tempest Eye, so hold on, Living City, 67% win rate. That's a small data set, so we can kind of discount that. However, Tempest Eye, probably the most played one, 36% uh, win rate. And they struggled a lot, like, well, I mean, is there loads of data? No. 
<laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Ignore me. But Hello Heart. Um, yeah. Okay. There we go. Play quite well into Carriage and Overlords. Uh, not well into Deepkin. Not well into Seraphon. Not so well into Sons, I think. Um, uh, there we go. Okay. Well, listen. I don't think there's much more we can really go through there until I fill in more more information. But if you're willing to be part of the team to fill the information in or... Uh, you like the information, you want to leave a comment or some information you'd like to see in the future, do let us know. Obviously, there's like there's a real interesting kind of structural problem talking about how to collect data and put all this stuff in in the future. Um, so I hope some of the things I'm working on is trying to resolve those issues so that it's available for everybody. That would be key. But it's not the easiest thing to solve because <sighs> it's an analog game that you're trying to digitize. Um, will there be a pay-per-view so we can follow the data? Uh, no, we just should just we're just going to do it and put it live every Monday, right? With the, the results is the is the idea. It's not meant to be like a paywall thing. Um, none of that. Like it's just meant to be fun for people. Um, uh, is there a piece of chaos data? I'm afraid not. You didn't fill enough information in. <laughs> uh, hello, Sir Dornin. Um, uh, I am the thirty percent of the avocado data. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, without Owen here today, there are some more events coming up in the future, so uh, I'm going to kind of call it there today. Um, you are fun for people, Rob. Thanks, Natch. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll hopefully next week we'll be back with kind of like our more normal show, but then also have this as a as a as a good backbone for events in the future. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, and again, I got a shout out to the whole team. I'm really just going to be the, the voice in the front of this. So in the future, we're really going to break it down. It's going to look really cool. It'll be really fun for you guys to see. Maybe eventually we'll get it hosted on a website so you guys can kind of click through it all yourselves. Um, uh, that's not really meant to be the point, though. They're meant to, What we're hoping to do is really meant to be for me so that I can go through it on like a Sunday evening, let's say, take a bunch of notes and say, listen, let's talk about this particular battle plan. Let's talk about why they do particularly well. Or let's look at this event result from the weekend. This guy seems to have had a simpler run because based on other matches, you know, he's done quite well into the draw. Um, or it was five battle plans that favoured him or he just played out of his skin. So I think that's really nice in the future, uh, I think. Um, hope to catch the stream tonight. Is the whole team there? The whole team is there tonight. So do join us again for that. Look like a great tool in the making. Good. Good. Um, uh Right, okay. Well, lovely, lovely, lovely. Thanks very much for tuning in today. Uh, we will be back tonight, 7pm. Me and the guys are going to go through the Bellacore book, talk about the rumours that are out. Uh, so I think it's going to be it's going to be very, very exciting um, to, yeah, to, to the show tonight. And that's really it. Anyone got any questions before I head out? Um, I really feel lost without Owen, if I'm honest. <laughs> so I'm just going to go. <laughs> it feels easier. Uh, and also, there isn't any any new tournaments. There isn't anything going on out there in the world. So uh, we're just chilling today, which is fine. Like it's the Monday shows are going to be very busy in the future, but right now they're not. Um, pretty sure there's no Lariel coming out today. What says guys? I need. I don't think that's true. Uh, when do I get paid? <sighs> when I get paid, babe, if that helps. Um, I would love to hear about the new Night Haunt tonight. Uh, what was the dispossessed win rate? Really low, JP. <laughs> really low, buddy. <laughs> Scott B, thanks for resubscribing. Uh, we're going to go raid anyone. Uh, raid someone. Question, can you get better data entry and project manager people? I'm trying really hard, uh, but the ones I've got at the moment, I mean, I really like the ones i got at the moment, so I'm just going to stick with them. Uh, Genesis News, yes. Uh, yes, Genesis. Uh, so the Super Series Genesis uh, event, uh, all of the dates are locked in, so check out today or tomorrow 
for when those results are going to be. I can kind of secretly tell you it's the end of May and the beginning of June. But like, you know, just keep your eyeballs open for that uh, on the on the Instagrams. It's not where it's going to be. It'll be on Twitter. So keep your eye for that. Um, not a question, but I am painting Saurus Knights at the moment. Each time I think about how much you love the models. Fuck, I do not. If that helps. Um, I now have good. All right, let's read something weird today. All right, okay, let's go read something weird. Let's go do that as a gang. Uh, I love you all for turning up, by the way. Thanks. Um, I feel like today I just rambled, so love you tons. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, who are we going to raid? Let's go raid Painting Silent Sister Super. Oh, we want something weird. I mean, Warhammer is weird, but we won't do Warhammer. Um, just chain. Let's go raid something weird. Big glitch energy. Double doodle debriefing time. Yeah, this this looks this looks comfortably weird. Let's go. Okay, let's go read this guy. He looks very weird. <laughs> uh, there's a dead bug on the mini bugs. Yeah, I think there's new. Uh, there's going to be a new uh, Alariel model, right? Not Alariel model. That's not what I mean. A new um, Silverdeath model. It looks like. Uh, thanks to Warp Spider for resubscribing. Love you. I hope you're well. Let's go raid this person. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to everyone listening to the podcast. Just, I really like you all today. I'm sorry. I feel a bit of a mess. Let's uh, join us tonight We're for a romper stomper of a show. Me, Nathan, Dan, James. Woo-woo. Uh, talk to you soon.